Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Welcome to our evening Bible study time together. And glad to have all the visitors with us that are here in this building today. Robert, glad to see you, sir. <laughs> Not really a visitor, just sort of. But uh, good to have everyone here online with us as we continue our study today about a relationship with God. I want to ask you this. Have you ever thought about what does God look like? Now, if you want to ask questions like that, one of the best ways to do it is to interview children. And when you interview children and you get some good ideas about who God is or what God looks like, and one of my favorites that I read was the child who said, I think God looks like a transformer because he can be whatever he wants to be. That's a, a really insightful way of knowing God because that's what God basically said about himself. You remember in Exodus 33 when um, Moses said, I want to see your glory. God said, listen, I'll tell you, no, I'm, I'm going to use that one in a minute. What I wanted to say was this. God said, his name is, I am who I am, says one translation. Another translation says, I will be whatever I want to be. Now, in that situation, Moses wanting to know God's name, God basically said, I am whatever I choose to be. That's what the child understood. That's the concept of a transformer that a child had in mind. So I love that description of who God is or who he looks like. So when you want to think about who God looks like, you might want to go to children. I also love how children phrase things. I have a few of these that I want to read for you. Here are some things that children prayed to God about. Here are a few of them. Dear God, I bet it's very hard for you to love the whole world. There are only four people in our family and I can never do it. That was Nancy. Marcia said, Dear God, my brother told me how babies are born, but it just doesn't sound right. What do you say? Another said, Dear God, thank you for the baby brother, but what I asked for was a puppy. You can look it up, said Joyce. Dear God, I read the Bible. What does beget mean? Nobody will tell me, Allison said. Dear God, please put another holiday between Christmas and Easter. There is nothing good there now, Amanda Dennis said, Dear God, my grandpa says you were around when he was a little boy. How far back do you go? Dear God, in Bible times, did they talk that fancy? <laughs> said Jennifer. <laughs> Dear God, is it true my father won't get into heaven if he uses his golf words in the house? <laughs> Anita asked. 
Dear God, maybe Cain and Abel wouldn't kill each other if they had their own rooms. That works for me and my brother, said Larry. <laughs> Barbara said to God, if you watch me in church on Sunday, I'll show you my new shoes. Peter said, dear God, please send Dennis Clark to a different summer camp this year. <laughs> Billy said, how come you did all those miracles in the old days and don't do any now? Ooh, that's a really good question. Dear Mr. God, said Janet, I wish you wouldn't make it so easy for people to come apart. I had to have three stitches and a shot. Dear God, did you mean for giraffes to look like that or was it an accident? Said Norma. And finally Jeff said, Dear God, it is great the way you always get the stars in the right place. Why can't you do that with the moon? That's a lot of good stuff there. When you talk to kids, they just innocently say, and they understand, and they have some depth to them. And so the idea of saying, what does God look like, it's not really just a kid issue. But they can weigh in quite heavily. As we close out our discussion today about a relationship with God, I told you tonight I'm going to tell you what God looks like. From an adult perspective, I'm going to tell you what God looks like. Let's begin this way. So, do you want to see God? Well, God said of himself in John 4, the passage just read, he is spirit. And what that means is, as spirit, physical eyes cannot see him. He is spirit. Well, I get that. So, if you want to see God... We're not going to be able to see him in his essence. In fact, now we move to Exodus 33. And there we find out that God said, no, Moses, you cannot see my glory. He wanted to, to see God. In, in fact, it's interesting that he said, I want to see your glory. In other words, I want to see your essence. I want to see your fullness. I want to see who you really are. God said, can't do that. I'll, I'll pass by you and cover your eyes with my hand, and you can see the backside as I pass. But you can't see my essence. In fact, to see the essence of God would cause death to a human. So, we cannot see God in his essence. But... John said in 1 John chapter 3, starting at verse 1, Beloved, it's not yet apparent what we shall be, but this we know. When he appears, we will see him as he is, for we will be like him. Do you want to see God? Well, to see God in his essence we have to be like God in that same essence in order to see Him as God. 
So if you want to see God, and we really can't see Him now in His essence, then let's allow God to tell us what images He wants us to have of Him. What images can we formulate to get a picture of what God looks like? Let's let God tell us those images. God wants you to see Him. I said this morning that God wants to have a relationship with you. Well, He also wants you to see Him. Number one, He wants you to see Him as a loving Father. In Psalm 68 and in verse 5, the psalmist described Him as the father of the fatherless and the defender of widows. God wants to be seen as father. Granted, if if you didn't have a father who made good memories for you, good uh, impressions, it's hard maybe to see God As father, and yet you can see the fatherhood concept in other fathers that you know that are very good. But I would suggest most of us have been raised in homes where fathers at least gave us some good things to see. And God said, by choosing that title, that image, He wants us to see Him as Father. Number two, God wants you to see him as a rock. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, Moses, in closing out the words of the law before going into the promised land and before he was to die, it made this statement, God is a rock and all of his works are perfect. As a father image says, I want to embrace and hold and be with. The rock image says, I want you to stand on me. I I want you to know what stability is like. I want you to know what strength is like. God wants us to understand that he looks like a rock, solid and strong and stable. And all of his works are perfect. You can trust Him. You can count on Him. That's how God wants you to see Him. Again, God said, I want you to see me as a potter. The prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 64 and in verse 8 said, We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are the works of your hands. God says, if you want to see me, imagine me as the potter working at the wheel. I've only seen it done a very few times, but it is pretty fascinating. 
For the skilled hands of the potter who can on that wheel have a blob of clay, and as that wheel turns and the hands mold that blob of clay into something usable, God says, that's what I want to be. That's how I want you to see me. So when God says, see me as a potter, God also wants you to see yourself as the clay in his hand. The problem is we want God to make us the way we want to be rather than to make us the way we ought to be and need to be and best to be often. So often we don't see the potter, we just see the problems. But if we step back and let God work, God says, you'll see me. That's the potter. The psalmist in Psalm 58 then said, Who is the God who is judge over all the earth? The psalmist understood that God is a judge. When you think of the image of a judge, and God said, I want you to see me that way, what do you see? Do you see the officer of the court in the robe with the gavel sitting behind the bench making the final judgments, guiding the proceedings and sanctioning the verdict? That's God. That's God. Isn't it interesting that God wants us to see him as the potter who is turning us into something and the judge who verifies what we have become? That's fascinating. And the great thing about that is God said, I want you to see me working on this end to make you what I on that end will declare that you finally are. God is the great judge. Sure, he's the lawgiver. Yes, he's the final arbiter. And certainly, he is in control of the final. But that's who God wants us to see him being. Number five. God presents himself in Psalm 24 where the psalmist said, Who is this king of glory? The Lord. He is the king of glory. God said, See me as a king. One of the great passages in the descriptive nature of God certainly would be Isaiah chapter 6. And it opens with the prophet saying, And I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the entire room. In that case, he sees the glory of God, the awesomeness, the power. God is in charge. 
Now, granted, we don't have enough personal references in our lives to understand King in the way that the countries of that day did. There is no division of power when there's a king. He is the final. In the Old Testament, the kings are presented in a way that shows in the statement or the phrase, the law of the Medes and the Persians. That is, once the king has stamped it, that's it. The, the signature ring that would stamp an official document, that was it. Could not be overturned, could not be changed. Full power. God said, do you want to see me? Then see me as the king in full power and in full glory. A final thing in Psalm 84. The psalmist put two images together that God has for us. He is my son and my shield. And he will give grace and mercy. And nothing will be withheld from those who are his. I don't know what it would be like to be in the presence and to see the army of Rome standing there with all of those shields stood up in front of each soldier. And what would it be like in seeing all of those shields and the mass numbers of them and knowing the power that was behind? In fact, they created a fortress behind shields where they would have shields in front and then others in the back would hold them over and then people in the back and they could walk with a cube of shields guiding or guarding every single soldier underneath. And then imagine, if you will, on a bright sunny day, if maybe the sun would glint off of those shields. God put together two amazing images and said, see me this way. The sun, so bright that we cannot look at it without damage, calls to mind the fact that we cannot see God in his essence. And the shield that says he will protect and care for and everything that we are is summed up in the fact that God is on our side. God cares for us. He is sun and shield. No, if you want to see God, you can't see him in his essence. But God says, if you want to see me, here are some images in your language that will be able to help. They don't really do the essence full justice, do they? They can't. Even when John writes about picturing heaven, or, or, or Paul said he went into the third heaven, or Isaiah talking about the beauty of the throne room of God, it pales, I'm sure, in description to what the actual vision will be someday. But God knows that his people need an image. 
You can't see him in his essence, but you can see him through his images. Now, I told you. I'm going to tell you what God looks like. On an adult level, this is what God looks like. I think you'll get it. Maybe God looks to you like a repulsive, scary being whom you have no desire to know. You afraid of God? Do you run from God? Does God bother you? Does he get in the way? Is he merely the one who keeps you from enjoying life and doing the things that you want to do? Does he constantly remind you of your failures and your problems? Is that how you see God? Or two, do you see him as a warm and inviting being that makes you want to get to know him? And you read about him. And you take great joy in the images that he presents. And you dream about the day that you will be able to see him in his glory. Because you'll be fashioned just like him. So now I'm going to tell you what God looks like. This really is who God is. This is what he looks like. God looks like one of those two beings and you have that image in your mind. There's no middle ground. There's no bargaining. God looks just like you choose him to look. Either he will be, in fact, that image from whom you run because it represents everything that's being withheld from you that you think you have the right to and that you want and that your physical life says, I need this. I understand that concept. You do too if you fight with sin. Or he's the one you turn to when everything starts falling apart. And he opens his arms, and he welcomes. And he's like a friend and a father. You see, what does God look like? He looks like the image that you have in your mind. And the image you have will have one of those two concepts. So I ask you, as we close this year with the theme that we began a year ago, focus on the goal. And I said this morning, that changed because of all that we've been through. The goal became to learn to focus properly. I want to call you, and I'm calling myself, to have a relationship with God to come to God, see Him in His 
presented image of Scripture in a way that invites you to Him. And when you see God that way, when you understand God in that manner, then you're not going to have any problems, really. It's be tough. It's not always easy. But in essence, you won't have any problems saying, Okay, Lord, that's fine with me because I want to have a relationship with you. In closing, I'm asking all of us to think about the relationship we've had with God this year. Is the proper relationship still in focus or has it gone out of focus? Rekindle, restart, reshape the image of God that He wants you to have of Him and let Him draw you to Him to be the person He wants you to be and that you want to be. Maybe this is the beginning of resolutions for the new year. Thank you for joining us tonight. May God bless our country and our church and each one of us as we try to form truly the image of God as the one we want to know more and more. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.